Mine too. of like one to ten how are you feeling today oh i'm feeling like a six i gotta be honest because uh last night welcome to the welcome to the hey fridge podcast uh last night sammy and i were at the local fox 5 tv affiliate here and we were helping to host their great debate party which was basically this like big debate party that they were doing on facebook and uh, we were out till, I mean, I don't think I got home till like 11.30 and then trying to like wind down and get to bed. Well, and then well, 11.30. I get back up and work early for them. And, you know, I'm not used to that turnaround anymore. I've loved my life since I've been off the radio and I, I don't have to get up at four in the morning. Can I ask you, did you ever do that turnaround? Yeah. Do you remember years ago when we used to be on another station uh, on 99.5? Okay, yeah. I did the TV stuff work at night. I'd be on there at 10 p.m. news and then I'd go home, oh, go to bed and turn that. around. Yeah, it's yeah, brutal. Okay, still, that's not the real turnaround. Like, I'm talking about the turnaround that I know some people here, okay, our good buddy Matt Cronin could probably tell you some stories of us going out there, hanging out, partying, 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 <laughs> 3.30. The only turnaround I had was at the diner on the Steak and Egg on Wisconsin Avenue on the way back up to... Up to the oh, summer. That was your. That was, that was my turnaround. Rejuvenation. That Just was your sleep. There, I would get myself a, a bagel with egg and turkey bacon. Crush that on the mm-hmm. way in, and boom, morning show. Here I come. Uh, well, you have incredible stamina, much more than I do. I have about the stamina of Hillary Clinton. I, I also really have do. an incredible amount of psoriasis of the liver. I feel so. <laughs> psoriasis or cirrhosis. Cirrhosis. <laughs> But psoriasis of the liver would be great, too. I love you. How are you feeling? Fantastic. I went out afterwards. You did a great job last night at the debate party. They loved you. And oh, because we they were They want all, us back. That's BS, because we were all saying that it's I'm going to get banned. They're like, Sammy, you are definitely banned. It was funny, but you are banned. Really? Why? That's what there my friends told me. There was only one kid that was really upset with you. Oh, but that was funnier. Yeah, that, he was, was like 12 years part. old. He didn't even look like he could vote, and you basically got into it with him over the emails. Right? He had an issue with... Uh, oh, no. He, here's the thing. He was trying to talk all serious and stuff, and I just kept on making jokes. Right. And he just was not really having it because, you know, to him, I think it was his chance to really sit there and speak seriously about politics because he knows he can go back to his, you know, English, you know, because he was voting for his high school, whatever, teacher, remember? Yes. There was actually, so last night at this debate, they did, Fox did a great job of having a good balance of Republicans and Democrats, but then they also had this group of millennials who all were either writing in like a history teacher that they liked, some candidate. Or voting for nobody. Or voting for Gary Johnson, the libertarian guy. Well, actually, when they first said that, I didn't even know who that was. I had my own Aleppo moment. <laughs> I really did. But anyway, they want us back, and um, we'll find- talk about the debates today, I guess. I, we watched the whole thing last night, so I want to know your, your thoughts. Did you find insulting that they were like, hey, Sarah, go interview the millennials? Like, as if you weren't one of them? <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't really notice that until you told me that. And I was like, oh, oh was maybe like, that's because they, I thought it's because they assume that I am a millennial. Oh, no, I thought they sent you over because you're like, hey, look, you're at least a decade older than these guys. <laughs> Which is not true. I am a millennial myself. Thank you. 
Thank you. You are still a decade older than those guys. <laughs> you know what? Well, true. It's a, it's a large span. Before I piss you off, I'm just going to play this. Hit me with a disclaimer. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. <laughs> Wait, what? what? This is your disclaimer. Yeah. The A-Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. What? Uh, anyhow, lots to get to on our show today. Um, we had our live show on Friday night. It was an incredible weekend. We got tweeted at by a listener who invited us to the African American Museum. We went there. Uh, so we'll give you our whole feedback on that. It was that was an all amazing, this weekend? I know. All this weekend, all that stuff happened. Oof. And then, wait a second. Did you go on a hot air balloon ride this morning? I was supposed to, but the weather screwed it up. Oh, okay, because it was kind of overcast. Oh, okay. I was I was like getting all excited. I really wanted to, oh, trust to find me. out how it went. I'd be a lot more messed up right now, Sarah. Oh, really? You would have... Sarah, what are you going to do on a hot air balloon at sunrise? Well, I would hope Pop not. Pop bottles, bitches! Oh. That's what you're going to do, man. What do you think I'm going to do? Just take in the breathtaking sights? <laughs> no, I'm going to sit there and drink champagne. Well, that would have been really good. Yeah. You should have been drinking champagne. Um, and then we just have so much to discuss. I feel like, too, everybody that came to the live show had some incredible feedback for us, from mansplaining to I apologize too much. I mean, I really want to break it down because oh, I think blah, this was blah, blah. hysterical. Oh, of course. I know you're going to be so mad. I, I feel like mansplaining is going to be a new uh, box in our bingo. No, but that's horrible, though. I'm going to talk about this later on because that's fine because I know where you're going at, but this person is completely wrong, but okay. All right. So we'll we'll discuss all that to come. I uh-huh. want to uh, talk about a couple click stories before we talk about our experience at the African American Museum, Okay, which was amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so over the weekend, I'm sure you guys heard too, you know, this story just keeps fascinating me, but Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, now an author, Ann Helprin. You probably remember him. He's written tons of biographies, including one on Oprah. And his name is Ann? Oh, I'm sorry. Ian. I A N. So Ian? Ian. Ian? You thought it was, you thought, <laughs> wait, first off, it went from Ann to Ian <laughs> to Ian? This is whatever. fantastic. Whatever. Ian, Ann, whatever. All right. Um, Anyhow, he's now saying that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are getting divorced because that Angelina wanted an open marriage after 12 years. Really? It, yeah, and also that she has her sights set on marrying Prince Andrew and continuing the work of Princess Diana as a royal herself. That is according to the author. That is awesome. You go, <laughs> Angelina Jolie. According to sources, Brad Pitt was not down for the open marriage. Angie had told him and come to him with a plan just days before she filed for divorce that essentially was she was moving with the kids to London. He was welcome to live somewhere in London if he wanted to, or he could remain in L.A., see the kids as often as he wanted. But that's where she would be while she continued the work of Princess Diana. Um, She wants to continue to champion landmine victims and AIDS sufferers is what she wants to focus on, as well as children uh, around the world. Sources also say she's fallen in love with a female uh, attorney, English attorney, who is the one that's convinced her that she needs to become British royalty and continue the work. I mean, this has to be a this has to be a movie. Is this her next movie? <laughs> this is her next movie. I don't know. You do. I mean, the whole thing. I is can't it Mr. Stop. and Mrs. Smith too? Uh, th- that would be so good, wouldn't it? Is that it? Was that what's going on right now? Because there's no way that's actually real. See, I thought when you said open marriage, I was like, all right, Billy Bob still got his clutches on her. Okay, good old Billy Bob. But no, this is asinine. There's no way this is real. Well, that's what, according to this author, he says is happening. You probably saw this, too. I want to discuss this because I feel like this will be the first Vegas show. Yeah. To fail. Ours or theirs? No, 
We haven't had a Vegas show yet. I know, yet. I was going to say. No, but you know, Backstreet Boys are having their own Vegas residency. They're going to try it out, apparently, in 2017. Yeah, isn't for a little it just like two months? Two months to test it, and then they're going to see if they've got enough interest. Do you think that people are going to they're going to have enough interest that the Backstreet Boys can have their own show at Planet Hollywood for like a year or two? Uh, yeah, I think so. You do? Yes, the Backstreet Boys no were the largest band, and I'm going to say the word band, right? Boy band, rock band, any sort of group. They're the largest music group in the world. For a pretty good chunk of time there, right? And as much as people try to say NSYNC in the United States was better, yeah, maybe in the United States, but internationally, the Backstreet Boys were superstars. Years before they were superstars in the United States, they maintained being superstars in the United States when they were com- like around the world as they were competing with NSYNC in the United States. Like, the Backstreet Boys are legit. And you think about all the international tourists that go to Vegas, everyone that goes to Vegas... I think the Backstreet Boys would actually, like, I would go see a Backstreet Boys concert over Celine Dion. Really? Yeah. Like, it, to me, it's either got to be Tom Jones or the Backstreet Boys at this point. Like, I mean, I agree I'm not going Celine to see would cheesy. Oh, God, no. No, absolutely not. I mean, and eat, like, Wayne Newton. I mean, there's some really bad people that are still performing Mariah in Vegas. Mariah Carey? Hello? I would see her. No, see, no. I would go absolutely. see, no, absolutely not. Britney Spears. Britney Spears or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. J-Lo or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. Mm. I've always had a thing for Kevin, the old one. I feel like they're going to have a hard time. I think two months is going to be it. I feel like every Backstreet... And I look, I'm a fan. I went to Hershey Park. I've been to like a couple times I've seen them. But I just feel like after you've seen them once... Mm. Well, how many people go to Vegas like, oh, to go see the same show over and over and over and over again? They don't, Sarah. You go see it once. There's just a lot of people going there. If you're telling me that we were there for some... I know, J-Lo's ki- kept it going. Like, I just feel like... And even Britney Spears is making new music. But I think the last time the Backstreet Boys came out with a song was eight year, five years ago, eight years ago. They're still making new music, Sarah. Oh, we Lord. Just don't Are they going to torture us with that? Yeah, I was going to say, oh, God. We just don't, you know, we just don't play it anymore. Baltimore police have made a big announcement over the weekend. They plan to make public some uh, officer data, and that means mostly complaints. Um, Baltimore police are planning within the next couple of months to make public data on things such as complaints against officers. Uh, The Baltimore Sun reports that Commission Kevin Davis announced the initiative at a public planning session on Saturday. Davis said that police uh, with the internal affairs and disciplinary data will now be transparent on their website. Oh, I think that's a great move. That was a lot of words just to say, hey, by the way, you can search on our website now. Uh, that's exactly what it is. You're yeah, right. That's a lot it's, of words for that. <laughs> the article goes on, um, but essentially you heard all the details. So I feel like that's a great step in transparency for them. Baltimore Police Department, I think a lot of people would appreciate that. But is that really a great step? Like, I don't like the fact they're calling it a great step. When you think about it, I can search on every other website on the, in the world, okay? I can go to NBA.com, and I've been able to search on NBA.com since 1997, okay? Okay. And now the police are finally allowing search capabilities on their websites? It doesn't really, it's like, it's like, oh, guys, congratulations. Welcome to 2000. We're really proud of you. Yeah, but you can't search on an NBA website, Kevin Durant, if he's had, like, complaints against him of sexual harassment or misconduct or abuse. Google, you can. I can Google all that. Yeah, exactly. But for police, this is the first time that's happening. I think that's a good, I think that's a good step, right? Do they have enough servers? I mean, that's a great question. Yeah, see, I'd be curious if they have enough servers for all those complaints. Next will be to them focusing on keeping the body cameras on, but, you know, that's... (laughs) 
No, that's too One difficult. Anyway, I feel like that's big news for them. And in Paris now, they're going to have a nude section. I know you are the world traveler on this show. Oh, actually, I'll be in Paris in December. Well, now they're going to have a nude section of the city. Um, and they say that it will be open to the public early 2017. Ooh, I'll miss it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the world's largest and leading nudist destination yet to date. Um, it'll be open-air nudity, um, and people will be able to now bathe on the uh, banks of the Seine River nude. Oh, perfect. And swim in some parks. So far, they haven't been designated in Paris completely naked. But how do you know now if someone's <laughs> actually taking a shower or they're just swimming? Like, that's my issue. I have no idea. But this is the first time in a major city it's happening. You know, a lot of times you'll have them on beaches, you'll have private resorts. But no, this will be like... Right on the public, which I guess, to me, I don't understand. I mean, it's not a problem for kids. No, because nudity, it's your body, okay? <laughs> Think about so. it. Kids see their naked body every day. They see their parents' <laughs> naked bodies. Like, who cares? It's a naked body. It's a naked body. They come in all shapes, <laughs> sizes, and forms. See, the French aren't afraid of that, Sarah. <laughs> I they, do love. I love Europeans. They're uh, far more open. Think about how fantastic. You would love this, Sarah, okay? I'm ready Being to Being in absolutely it. nothing, walking downstairs, walking to the local boulangerie, grabbing a baguette. Oh, God. You know, it sounds so good to me. Trucking back to the road, just trying to make sure none of your hair touches the baguette because you still want to eat it. <laughs> you know, that's that's the dream right there. Oh, uh, lastly, the debates were last night. I don't. I don't even know who won. Are you confused this morning? Because I read on various websites Donald Trump clearly won. Then I read on Facebook that Hillary Clinton clearly won. I don't know. Are you confused? I mean, yeah, but I think they are as well, so it's fine. Everyone wins. The only thing that people unanimously agree on is how awful Lester Holt was as a moderator. Can we agree upon that? I mean, it was just a lot of interrupting. It was tough to really follow. He's the worst. He's the worst. Just say it. It was, I mean, no, they were all really bad. I'm saying all three of them are bad. I cannot believe, and this is, maybe you'll know this answer because you Uh spent a little bit of time in politics. Do you think, like, the network... Do you think Lester Holt has a producer that helps him come up with the questions? Do you think they're Lester's? Do you think it's the network that, that has, you like... Me? These aren't Lester's questions, Sarah. He is moderating the presidential debate of the United States of America. These questions were written. They were approved by both parties, approved by both sides. What do you think? Both candidates, honestly, at the top of their head, like, had a perfect two-minute speech timed out for a question? I cannot believe for I cannot believe I was so frustrated watching that. Who cares about President Obama's birth certificate? Who cares? The man has served eight years. He's done, and that was legit a question. That and her stamina and looks at the end. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm writing in that history teacher. How much of the presidential debate did you actually pay attention to? Because when I was actually watching you, not that much. Well, no, I had to be interviewing. Yeah, people. I know. So like the presidential debate, honestly, you didn't miss much. It's one of those things that I could have just sat at home later on at night and then probably just gotten the highlights and been like, okay, cool. I feel American now. Thanks for to be part of that. If you watched, I don't know if it... But the free pizza, though. I mean, shout out. That free pizza <laughs> last night, though, made up, made up for it in all. That was really awesome. Uh-huh. There was free pizza last night. Uh-huh. Did that. Anyhow, I was so disappointed. Ugh, this is terrible. Um... Before we talk about the live show, and uh, we got some great feedback. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about that. I wanted to know this. You know, a lot of times we get advice questions on this podcast. Okay. Which are great. and uh, But this time I need advice. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Why? No, okay. Let's do this. I'm ready. I'm ready. 
Let's go. <laughs> All right, here's my question. So I have a wonderful, wonderful friend, okay? And she's married. She's been married for about two years. That and bitch. she came to me and she told me about a situation where she was recently traveling and she met this incredibly handsome guy at an airport who bought her a bottle of wine while she was sitting at like a little restaurant by herself eating lunch, waiting for her flight. So she this guy this the waitress comes over and she goes, Hey, this gentleman has bought you a bottle of wine. He just wanted me to tell you that you're beautiful and you should enjoy this. So of course she looks at you know, she mm-hmm. feels obligated to say thank you, right? He comes over. Yeah. And at that point it's a bottle of wine. What are you gonna say? Obviously like, hey, do you want to join me? You know, do you yeah, want a okay. glass, right? So they, they start like talking and she feels like she does have a great connection with this guy. Okay. Did he check her temperature? What does that mean? Sarah. Wait, I don't get it. You want a thermometer going in the mouth? Never mind. <laughs> okay. As you were. I'm so lost nothing, by that. Nothing. Okay. I seriously need your advice because I feel like morally I am really not good at this stuff. Like I when I say on this show that the motto is anything goes, I feel like that's like every aspect of my life. So she tells me that this guy is coming to DC, like he's coming to town this weekend. Okay. Uh-huh. He's working, he's coming through for business. And she wants to know, like, he won't stop blowing up her phone. Should she meet this guy? Well, okay. Should she meet him again? So, so they, and by the way, he how discloses. Married, how married are they? She's like a faithful woman. I think she's very, not very religious, but I think to some degree she is a religious person. They've been married, like I said, almost two years. And she, I, there's two folds to this, to this advice that I need. Because first of all, she came to me and she said, what would you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Because she said, I feel like God is really testing me. Okay. So you just Donald Trump that question so hard. And by not By just not even answering. How married are they, Sarah? They're really married. They've so like never cheated on years, each other. Two years, you said. Two years. Two years. Any kids? No kids. Oh, that's not that married. Two years and no kids, Sarah. That's not that married. And she feels this great connection with this guy too. Like maybe she should go see this guy. Like maybe there's something there. Maybe God. Like she can't figure out. Did the universe put this man in her life because maybe she's. Her first marriage is not the perfect marriage. Well, Sarah, that's the best thing about God is you can kind of twist it around and make it seem how you want. You know, well, what I, mean? I know you're not particularly religious, but no, no, I'm being honest. So she's gonna sit there and say, "Well, maybe God put him in my life," but then what if it goes badly? Did God meant for that to happen? Like, I think at this point she's got to look at it realistically and like, what's the realistic? Realistically, point? okay, stop saying it's in something else's hands. Like, no, 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 that's just you trying to not take the, you know, not not taking the blame for your for what you've done. Okay, if you're gonna, well, she sit hasn't there, done anything yet. You 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 accepted a bottle on and had a you drink think with him. That suspect. Well, hold on, Sarah. If all of a sudden you found out that Dan shared a bottle line with a, a bottle of wine with a stranger at an airport, I'm sure he has. Okay, but you're telling me that you wouldn't be a little bit upset. I think most people in relationships would be upset if their significant other did something like that, where they shared no. a bottle of wine with a stranger in a romantic way. Okay, Sarah, there was no way that that was not considered to be romantic at an airport. I think they would be upset. And I think she has to know she's already done it once. So at this point, keep on fucking doing it. Okay, so you might as well go on this date. Worst case scenario, you meet someone you like, but she got like at this point, she's already she's already done it. I would not. First of all, I would not be upset if Dan had a bottle of wine with someone and flirtatious and was making plans to meet them behind your back. Well, no, no, when no. When you were here, 
she ends up i mean this is the story she tells me they they have a glass of wine together she really did also feel like she had this connection with him and he said you know they obviously talked about where she lives she lives in the dc area he's like well i come through there a fair amount of business like mm-hmm. i'd love you know here's my phone number here's my email address i'd love to get your number maybe we can meet up again so she does do that she gives him the number and then now he's coming to town and she wants to know she feels like am i being tested one way or the other am i being tested that like you have to commit to your marriage and that things are always going to come up and you need to stay strong and not go meet him or am i being tested because maybe this great person who feels like even more of a match than my current husband has come into my life what do you do sammy this is like I don't know. Maybe it's a woman thing, but I feel like these types of situations, what do you do? Okay, but I feel I'm, so but tempted. Okay, so hold on. So if I came to you with the same scenario, I was like, okay, so my guy friend who's married, he feels like okay. he's being tested. You would say, well, he shouldn't cheat. Why would he cheat? That's disgusting. Why would he go out and cheat, Sammy? I don't feel that way anymore. I'm all about... No, but I feel like 99% of people do. Oh, yeah, I do. And I they're going to say I that. Agree. So I don't understand why. It's like if she's following her heart, cool. But isn't a guy following their heart when they do the same thing? When all of a sudden, you know, he decides to meet some young air hostess? Yeah, I don't judge. Buys her a bottle of wine? I don't judge. The guy that she had the bottle of wine with, he's engaged. Okay, so... <laughs> but here's the thing. You don't buy Why a bottle do of wine for a stranger me? unless you plan on, you know. I told her this. I said, you can't, I mean, I think you just can't meet him. You just can't meet him. At this point, she might as well. Because <laughs> she's, she's already done it. She's already shared the bottle of wine, right? She's already shared the <laughs> bottle of wine. Go and meet him. What, 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 like, hey, guess what? Worst case scenario, you have to live between you and God and realize that you were a cheater at one point. That's it. <laughs> like, if you're really that religious, it shouldn't matter, you know? <laughs> I can't wait to find out what she does because I'm out of town this weekend. I'm going to Maine and I am dying to find out. But I ultimately told her you can't. You just test. You're tempting yourself. I feel like. If anything, don't don't waste the guy's time because she's going to show up. And if she's not going to put out clearly, like (laughs) at this point, he's bought the bottle of wine in another state at an airport. Right. That's like a signifier. Like, hey, let's do it. okay? And then he's coming to say, I'm in town for this week. Let's go out. He's got a hotel room. He plans on doing it. Like Okay, so don't go so unless like, you're going to put don't it Don't go right. unless you're going to actually, you know, unless you're going to do it. I can't believe we're on the same page about this. I gave her the same advice. I said I don't think she should go. Unless she's going to do it? No, I okay, said that well, you're going to end my well, advice. Well, I kind of said the same thing. I said if you end up going, you know, yeah, basically he wants to do it. And she's of course super attracted to this guy. Why do you think we meet people? See, I'm so fascinated by this too because I feel like this happens to me all the time as well. You know, I'm out, and then I feel like I get there. Should I be bleeping this out right now, or are you and Dan okay? Yes, we're great. But I feel like, like everyone, right? I'm sure you over the years have been in relationships, and then you meet a woman, and you think, oh, my God, this woman seems even more fun than my current girlfriend. Yeah. Why am I not with her? But here's the thing, Sarah. I, I, I did this thing called, like, I was a relationship monkey, right? Okay. Okay, and like I told people this, I've gotten this good theory. Actually, my friend explained me this theory. He goes, Sam, this is what you've done. So you started off around one side of the forest, okay? And I just went from tree to tree, from relationship to relationship, swung, right? I never really hung out on the floor. I never really chilled. And I just went from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship, right, for all these years. Well, unfortunately, now I've hit the other side of the forest, and there's no more trees. <laughs> wow, it's been cleared out. Yeah, it's been totally cleared out. So I realized, I was like, well, shit, I can go back and try to dig through some of those old bushes, but I feel like I've already played with it all. Like, that's it, you know? 
So that's it. So at this point, I'm just waiting for either new trees to grow. Oh, that sounded really perverted and gross. <laughs> I'm waiting for people to install new trees or for new things my age to come around. Or I don't know. I just at this point, like God. I just can sit there and no matter what, like I'll even. My favorite thing to do is to go on Tinder and I look and you know how it shows your mutual friends. Mm-hmm. I see how many girls that I see on Tinder that I have a mutual ex girlfriend with. Like, like oh, good I look idea. and I was like, oh, mutual friend. <laughs> That'd be awkward. Hell no to that. Bing. It's yeah, it's a new game I have. I'm so fascinated by life though. Why do we continue to meet people that we're attracted to when we've supposedly found the one? Why? Yeah. Well, because then I believe you, you just said them? supposedly found the one. I think that's <laughs> the that's the key word there, supposedly. You know. Aren't you supposed to just know it's the one? As far as Disney's concerned, that's what happens. Don't you feel duped by by previous, like, your parents' relationships and other people's relationships where they're like, I just knew it was the one, and then they never seem to tell you that they were ever tempted? Is that the way it's supposed to be? I'm so internally messed up with relationships. Well, here are the things. Because it's just crazy. I want to hook up with all kinds of people. But don't you think that they were tempted, but they also had a lot more to lose by being tempted? Now it's literally just a phone call to a divorce lawyer. You get 50-50. <laughs> Everything's fine. No one's going to judge you. No one oh, really cares. The kids right. are good. Hey, guess what? They got other friends that have divorced parents. <laughs> Whatever. Who really cares? Back then, though, Sarah, I mean, you were it. You were like single mother. You're the only one in your town that's a single mother. You know, doing that is against everyone in your family is going to think that it's a horrible thing you did. Like, you know, it's a bigger deal. It was a bigger deal then. So interesting. Email us. What's your thought? Do you think life tests you all the time, or do you think you're just, maybe you just haven't met the one? Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at com, Or you can hit us up on social media. Sammy's social medias, his Snapchat, his Instagram, and his Twitter are the S-A-M-Y-K, the Sammy K, just one M. I'm under at HeyFrage for Insta and Twitter, and then HeyFrage Shao. On Snapchat. Also, yeah. it's much tougher to cheat on your wife when you realize the lady next door literally looked like a professional wrestler underneath. <laughs> what? Beard. <laughs> oh, my God. We were so... I, I want to hear all your thoughts on the African American Museum. I was blown away. This weekend, a listener of ours, I Great transition, by the way, Sarah. I like that. What? I like that. I just went from something really gross and disgusting to, all right, and here we are. Okay, sorry, as you were. Well, Ayana, our listener, had tweeted us over the weekend, and she said, I have two extra tickets to the African American Museum, and I want you guys to go. Will you go? I was like, absolutely. I loved it. Did you? Duh. We got I didn't to get see, to hardly see anything. We got to see EU, Sarah. EU. EU. What was EU? The band that was playing live outside oh. when we showed up. Oh, God. Da Don't. Butt. How do you not know the song Da Butt? Because, like, as I think we all know on this show, I'm like just getting woke, okay? Yeah, but this is like Go Go. It's like DC. It's like DC's biggest I know like a song. couple Chuck Brown songs, a couple. Yeah, but this is EU. This was using like in a Spike Lee movie. Da Butt. I got to watch Spike Lee movie. I haven't. I think, added. right? No, I got to look at him now. Did I. <laughs> Did Spike Lee do White Men Can't Jump? Oh, I do not know, Sarah, okay, and I like feel like that's immediately wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to throw like that the out there. That's the last movie I feel like I've seen of Spike Lee. Um, it is from School Days. This is from Spike Lee's movie School Days. Well, EU was playing on the mall. They had an incredible... Yeah, awesome, man. ...the festival down there. All night long. 
country roads, like, and not knowing what country roads is, you know what I mean? Being from New York and not knowing Frank Sinatra's New York, New York. Like, this is, I think, the, like, the epitome of a D.C. song. Well, I'm not from here. I'm from Maine. And that- I know who Stephen King is. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, Ron Shelton directed White Man Can't Jump. Sorry. So it wasn't even a Spike Lee film. But anyhow, the African American Museum, the tickets are sold out through the new year. Ayana, thank you so much. It was much. amazing. It was amazing. It was incredible. I mean, it was, it, first of all, I'll, I'll say this, which is, I don't know what this says about me, but I definitely, as you know, like I have to eat every five or six hours or I get really hangry. Like, yeah. I lose it. So when we got there, the lines were just incredible, incredible. Because we went Saturday night, which was the second day. No, we Sunday went Sunday night. night yeah. Second day of opening, right? Packed, packed. So we get in, and even the exhibits to go through the slave ship to go the couple of um, floors underground were so long. So we go to the cafe first because I'd read that the food was excellent, and I will say the food was very good. Yeah, I know, because you left me in line for an hour and a half. As you guys went and ate your food. And here's the thing. is initially, it was, you'd be like, I think I'm going to go to the cafe real quick. And I was like, all right, it's cool. I can hang out here. I'm good at talking to people. But then Ayana left with you. And then Ayana's friend left also later on <laughs> after she got bored of me. And then I'm just sitting there in line by myself being like, all right. Oh, it was, I wish I could have seen more. You know, again, you have the stamina to hang in there. But about 9 o'clock, 8.30, 8.45, after, after we'd been there for a couple hours, I, I had to... Well, I don't know if it's stamina, Sarah. And here's the thing, and I and I really want to apologize to Ayana for bailing, but I had to do this, and I had to ditch you at some point. Okay? I know. But it was for a purpose, okay? People don't realize I go to a lot of museums. I go to a lot of the art galleries in D.C., okay? And sometimes when they're really busy and packed like this, the best way to see everything, okay, is to split up. I agree. Because to see four people at a time, it's tough. you got to stay in the lines. you got to do this. But now when you're one... Here's what I would do with my friends. We would always go in there. They'd be like three of us. We would split up. We'd go in different directions because you can always, if there's ever a line to see something, no one's ever going to stop you if you're a single person you accidentally walk through the exit because you're by yourself. Right. Right? And so I walked in all the exhibits that had crazy long lines. Like I really wanted to see them and I really like, you know, I thought they'd be powerful. I would just, you know, very quietly... Walking through the exit. Cut the line. Stand. I wouldn't cut the line. I walked in through the exit, Sarah. So I never <laughs> even went to the line to begin with. And I would just stand there, observe it, take it in. And I'm dying walk right to back go back. And so I did all that, and I got to see all the... I mean... I know. You got to see Emmett Till's casket, which Emmett I really Till's wanted to see. Emmett Till's casket was amazing. Pieces of the slave ship were amazing. I didn't I mean, get it was, to see so, that either. I was telling people, like, they were, it wasn't even emotional. It was just so powerful. Yeah, But there's really not much more you could say. Like, seeing Harriet Tubman's shawl... That was amazing to me. This is, okay, and I'll just, I'm going to just, like, drop this little nugget for everybody, which I'm sure will fire everybody up, and then we'll continue this at a later date, Mm because we're we're working on getting some guests on the show to talk more about race and, and, you know, white perspective of, of Black Lives Matter movement and what's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement. But I'll say this. I wonder if anyone else listening, like, I walked through that museum, and is it hard for you to grasp? For me, I think the hardest part, there's a level of me being in denial, I think, about what's happening currently right now to African Americans in this country. Because I don't want to believe that people really treat other human beings the way they do. And the hardest part for me to go through that museum is I cannot imagine 
200 years ago. Did people have no soul? How can you sell? 200, Sarah. You can go back 60 years ago. Well, yes, absolutely. But when we were downstairs in the exhibit oh, yeah. and they were... It goes through history and it starts at right, the very Right, so it beginning. starts like 1,400, 1,500 and, and so on. But um, I just am like, did people have no soul? How could you sell off a child and a mother? Like, do you ever have a hard time grasping that humans treat one another like this? I mean, to see, like, they actually had, like, bills and pieces of paper that, you know, supposed free slaves had to carry with them if they would go to visit because, let's say, their husband wasn't freed yet, right? So they would go to visit their husband. They had to carry this piece of paper, and if they lost it, that meant that someone could just sit there, take them up, and sell them again. Like, I... it was it was asinine. And to even look at, you know, like, they had the, uh, they had, you know, they had... I mean, so much good stuff. And then you go upstairs, and luckily they have a lot of, like, the culture stuff upstairs. Right. You know, so it's a lot more lighthearted. Um, but it was still powerful, you know, to see. I like seeing Bo Diddley's guitar, you know, to see Chuck Berry's, you know, what was it, like a red? It wasn't a Corvette, but it was like a red. I forgot what the name of the car is because I'm horrible at cars. Okay. But all this cool <laughs> stuff. They had Michael Jordan's jersey in there. Amazing. Like a I, bunch of really cool stuff. It is It is hard. It's. I think it's just... It's really taking me time to absorb and grasp that even just 50 years ago, I cannot believe that there were white-only sex. It's just amazing to me. When you see the whites-only, like, a whites-only yes. dining room sign, and you just walk there, and they have a dining room set up, like... I know, I know you're Tunisian, but did you feel guilty walking through that? I did. I felt, like, completely like, oh, God. Um, People must be looking at me like... I don't feel guilty. I feel, I feel horrible. You know what I mean? But it's not because I, like, I clearly... My family had nothing to do with it. I do had nothing to do with it. Do you know that? Because I'm like, I got to go back and look at mine. Sarah, like, I wonder what my story your is. Your family's been here for X amount of time. I mean, they probably, you know what I mean? Like, unfortunately. And here's the thing. I guarantee if I went through my history in Tunisia, my family probably was part of something really bad hundreds of years ago, too, that I have no clue of. You know, I, I think a out. lot of people have that. I think it's about just acknowledging, like, wow, that's horrible that I live here now currently, and this is where I am now, right? And this is the country that I love and the country that I, you know, am. So if that's what happened, I have to do my best to try and make up for it. Did I have anything to do with it? Not per se, but I can't say that, you know, I haven't either, you know, I haven't either gained from, you know, misfortunes because people assume, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. clearly there's misfortunes out there that are always being, you know, given to white people, you know, and they don't realize it's happening to them, but it is happening. God, it was, it was such a, everything that's happening for me, I have to really stop and go, really people treat people like this? Cause I just could never imagine myself doing that. I don't do that. And I, I come from a family. I mean, my God, my mother's most generous, my, both of my parents were incredibly generous people. So I'm like, and to everybody. So I'm just like, I, it's, it takes me a while to grasp. Well, it was awesome, though. What the fuck is wrong with people? Exactly. Honestly. And it's crazy. Uh, the live show. You know, if you were there on Friday night. <laughs> oh, I was like. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, yeah. So I want to I hear about your thoughts on it. And, oh, my God, you guys were great. The audience, by the way, was fantastic. I got to tell you, though, I'm having a lot of anxiety this weekend. About what? De first of all, denial, white denial. I'm in that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, because I, I still get the hate emails from the the podcast last week, and people are like, you're not woke. You're back at step one. Okay. I understand. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, 
I feel like I have had all those emotions over the weekend of denial and wondering to myself why the whole Colin Kaepernick thing gets under my skin. Like, you always have to kind of do some checking as to why it would bother you. What else you are know? you stressed about? But the live show I'm stressed about. Oh, really? Yes. So are I you... wanted to know how you felt. Here's my thing. Do you ever go on stage? Because you and I are now, we've been on stage a lot. But do you feel like if people aren't laughing at everything you say that you suck? Uh, No. You don't? Not really. God, I wish I could get to that I can, point. Uh, I can engage an audience pretty well. I thought you were stressed because you were running out of desserts. Desserts? Yeah, that you were. I thought you were stressed because you were running out of desserts. Where? Desserts of where? At the live show? No, Sarah, desserts for you to match your outfits to. <laughs> I feel like every show you're like, okay, look at this key lime pie. I should match that today. <laughs> or one day it's like, oh, look at lemon meringue. You know what? I'm going to look like one of those. Or like sometimes it's a macaroon. Is that- I always look like a macaroon. That's what I'm always going for. Look- always going for a beautiful macaroon. Oh, so macaroon. you thought my outfit on, on Friday night looked like a dessert? What kind? I was dressed in purple, and I had a faux fur black sleeveless jacket on with a choker. What do w- you think I look like? Honestly, what I was going to yeah. say, which I didn't say because I was like, I've really got to stop making fun of your clothes. Because, honestly, if I could afford I like a jacket it. like that, I would buy it, too, Sarah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was All not right? expensive. Okay. But I was going to say that you looked like, um, what's his name? You know the purple guy? Oh, Barney? No, Sarah. No, Sarah. <laughs> no. You know who I'm talking about. No, I have no clue. Yes, you about. do. You know, from Mickey D's? Oh, the Hamburglar? No, Grimace. <laughs> You look like a sexy Grimace, is what I was going to say. You know it's Grimace from McDonald's? You know, yes. here, look, at this is Grimace, Sarah, that guy right there. <laughs> that was what she looked like, was he looked like a sexy you know Grimace. What? This leads me to this. I do love, I love our female listeners so much. You guys listening? So uh, the best experiences happened on Friday night, I will say this. I, I felt like, you know, it comes down to what you begin to learn when you're putting on a live show, whether it's this podcast between Sammy and me and, yeah. at the DC Improv or a live one. Every little detail counts, which I didn't realize till now we're on our own. And when I say that, the size of the room matters, the size of the ceiling, where the, the chairs are placed, your microphone, everything, everything matters to get people engaged. And it was just a, a tough room because it was so big. It was hard to get people laughing on the same page. hard to not have people having side conversations. And that shit drives me crazy because I want to be at the point where people are hanging on our every word. Is mm-hmm. that narcissistic? <laughs> but Sarah, unfortunately, you know, it's tough. It's also like you're the thing you got to realize our show isn't can't be as engaging as we want it to be. Why? I want to make it that way. Then you have to have a lot more going on, sir, because as of now, unfortunately, we have to look at each other because we're not doing the same script every show. You know what I mean? Right. So we have to look at each other to feed off of each other to do the show. But then you also have to think about looking at the audience now, too. Which is, you know, it's tough. And also think about the audience. They're watching us sit and talk. There's only so much. I try to move a lot. I try to stand up and talk as much as I can. But there's only so much I can do during a live show when I still have this microphone sitting here. And I need that. We've got to go to those wireless mics that are like that Tony Robbins had on his documentary that he's like strapped to. Oh, great. So I'm going to look like Steve Jobs. (laughs) We do. I know. I'm so ready to punch up the show. I'm like, we need dancers. I don't need... think... Okay, no. See, I don't think that's how you punch up the show, but at least you're understanding that, you know, you've got to think that you've got to be, like, for the room... Like, the room really matters for a show that we're doing. The room really matters. Oh, you're telling me. So... But uh, two funny things happen. So I love you guys feel so comfortable that people will tell us anything, which is amazing. And one was... I got a woman who came up to me, and she was like, you need to stop apologizing. You apologize way too much. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about that all weekend, and I thought, you know what? 
You're absolutely right. Really? Really? You thought about that all weekend? Mm-hmm. So what about her? Like, what about, what did you say you need to stop apologizing for? Well, I feel like, um, I feel like recently in my life, um, I don't know why I've been going through this mode where I feel like apologetic. The only reason I apologize to Omarosa, and I think I'm not sure if that was kind of the the thing that she's looking for, is, you know, the behind the scenes story of that is basically she was threatening to sue us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got an LLC, but she was basically threatening to sue uh, the LLC with her attorney, which apparently is Bill Cosby's attorney. Awesome. Which is probably a good attorney. (laughs) Probably. I I think so. I think that's why he's like still out of jail. So that's the only reason I apologize. But I'm like, you know what? That makes me think. I do feel like I need to stop. You know, this is my opinion. I don't apologize for a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm going to work on that. And then the other thing I loved is the the listener that came up to you and um, basically told you you need to stop mansplaining me, which I love. Which is also something I want to bring up, too. Okay. Yes, Because the term mansplaining, right? I feel like with a lot of these... You know, these new terms when they come up and they become these catchphrases for a while, right? These buzzwords, okay? Mansplaining means, all right, it means a man is explaining to you something that you already have knowledge about. Okay. Okay, and re-explaining to you because he thinks that you're too stupid to do so. All right. Yeah, I think you do this to okay. me a lot. No, I never do this. If anything, when I'm bringing it up there and I go, well, Sarah, the word blank is actually racist. You should look it up. I don't consider that to be mansplaining, okay? If I'm explaining what goes on in, the, in an African household or a Tunisian household or a Middle Eastern household, it's because I'm like, well, I know. You're from Maine. Like, I think sometimes you get on these rants, and I think as you're very excited, you go, you know, Sarah, you th- you don't know. You need to know this. And I think sometimes people take that as you're mansplaining me, when I think instead you're probably just excited. But I'm not making an excuse, and I'm not apologizing, because maybe you do mansplain me. I'm going to listen back. Well, you mansplain to me all the time, too. How? All the time. With what? Right now. I'm not even saying anything to you. See, so now you're man guilty. I'm defending me. you. You're man guilty me now. I loved it. Listeners, call us out. I call thought that me was out. great Actually, when she care. was like, you mansplained Sarah. I was like, oh my God, I was, freaking love this. The best is I love is how many drinks they have before they feel that honest with us. Because you meet them at the beginning of the show and they're like, oh, hey, looking forward to the show. <laughs> that by the end of the show, they're like, Sammy, you're a pig. You need Someone a shave. No, no, no. That was an ex- that was just oh. joking, Sarah. Oh, poor thing. I hope not. I will say that people judge me on my outfit. Okay, which I, I was you not. Looked good. I was. I wore these. Uh, I wore jeans and I wore a jean shirt. I did the Canadian tuxedo, <laughs> like a hip Canadian tuxedo is what I did. And I did that on purpose, right? And here's the thing is people are like, dude, man, if I was doing a live show, I'd at least dressed up. Like, I can't believe you dressed like that. Best Who thing is that? we're over next door, okay, at what well, at some bar, and then my buddy who happens to be like, he works for Zara, used to work for Louis Vuitton, right? Super fashionable, walks up wearing the most almost the identical outfit I'm wearing, except for he had a scarf tied around his neck. That was the only difference between the two of us. <laughs> you need to start like, wearing scarves. I swear, like, and it was fantastic because I have a picture, and I mean <sighs> twins. And at that point, everyone who was judging me for how I looked for the show, I was like. Oh, yeah. Eat that. 
Do you ever have those moments where you kind of feel out of like touch, and then all of a sudden someone who's known as being really fashionable just happens to be wearing the same outfit you're wearing? Oh my god, that's so Identical. fabulous! Identical. Look at that. That is so. You guys are both handsome together. That's uh-huh. a great. Thank oh my you, god. thank you, Jeffrey, for wearing the same outfit as me. I owe you one. Well, you guys were amazing. We want to play you some clips from the live show in case you missed it. Um, no word on when our next one was, but thank you everybody for came, for coming. I just feel like you guys have been amazing supporters of it, you, of us. You continue to be. I really want to put up a survey monkey so people can start giving us some feedback. Oh, okay, yeah. Put up a survey? Yeah. Yeah, do like, you know, so you, I would love your feedback on this show. Write us something that you want to see more of, what you want to see less of. I would love that. Sarah at com. We need some comments. We'll cards. like set up a glory hole somewhere that way you can... <laughs> But we'll make sure it goes to, like, a box so that you just go to this gas station off of Route, like, 66 or something. Yeah, what if you have slide a... it in there, and boom, you know that your comments will be read by ours. You have a glory hole. Don't you get something in return? I mean, that's basically just a, a comment I'll post slide. a sign above it that says post office. <laughs> okay. That way they know. Hey, phrase mail only. <laughs> so a couple of things um, from the that we want to play. We always do a mass debate. We wanted to um, have you take a listen to that. Our special guest for the night was a guy named Scott Parker, who we kinged the king of Arlington, Virginia. If you're not from the area, he's a restaurateur. He's an entrepreneur, young guy who's, who's made quite a bit of money. He's 34 years old, very successful. But the interesting part of his story is he's a recovering alcoholic working in the bar business. Mm-hmm. So we're going to play just a clip of that that I think was very emotional and very inspirational. And actually, when the crowd was really silent was when he sort of talked about that moment. And I think for anybody who has someone struggling with drugs or alcohol, it's a great little piece to play for them. Um, So we wanted to play you those couple of clips uh, as we head out of the show. So take a listen to these. Um, All right. Are you ready to do a little mass debate? Let's do this. Yeah. Come stand behind me. It's good. Don't worry. We're doing a mass debate. Mass debate. Whatever Sarah gets well, we're doing the best out of three topics, Sarah. All right, so what's your name real fast? Here, introduce come yourself. over here. Come here, introduce me. yourself in the microphone right here. Yeah, you can be on this mic. Uh, my name's Laura. Laura! Laura, Laura what's up? Team Sammy. Woo! Team Sarah. Thanks, Ryan. Anya, take a seat. Is Anya's microphone on? Well, we only have one seat, Sarah, so if you tell one to take no. a seat, the other one can't. Can so can. they're standing. You're, I know, we're yeah, good. your we're team good. has we're to good. stand. We're fine. <laughs> we're the standing team. We're fine. Go talk behind Sarah. Go over by Sarah. All right, so here's our first topic, okay? You guys have to decide who reps which one. Worst culinary trend, pumpkin spice everything, or Rito trend, the Whopperito or Sushirito? Which is the worst food trend? So should t- Sammy do the pumpkin or should he do the Rito? No, the Rito. Pumpkin. All right, I'll take. I heard Rito. I'll take the Rito. Sarah, you're taking so the pumpkin. I get. Oh, I get pumpkin, and you get. Okay. I'm taking the Rito. Anybody got a 15 second count? Oh, we got it. We'll figure it okay, out. Okay, go. Ready? So you start ranting about why pumpkin spice anything is the worst trend. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I was just trying to throw you off. That was my tactic. That was your tactic? You fell for it, clearly. Okay. Well, here's the thing, guys. Burritos are great, all right? The notion of burrito is great, but the second you put it in with anything else, it's way too fucking much, right? You think about your Chipotle shits? Now you mix a Chipotle with a fucking Whopper. You mix it with raw fish and fucking tuna. Like, you are going to have the worst stomachache. I am so over this Rito... 
All right, pumpkin spice. Why pumpkin spice everything is the worst trend? First of all, did everybody see how Burger King now has pumpkin spice fresh fries? That's the worst. Yes! They're coming. Oh, it's McDonald's. Yeah. Whatever. It's like the Who the fuck wants pumpkin spice on their french fries? We have pumpkin spice chapstick. I mean, uh, pumpkin spice douche. <laughs> all right, That's not fair. You said pumpkin spice douche after the timer. We all know you're going to win for that one. All right, who wins? Bullshit. Pumpkin spice tampons or Rito? Pumpkin spice! Ooh, I don't know. What do you think? All right, Sarah, you got that one. That's oh, fine. Though thanks. I do appreciate you guys over there. Thank you. Okay, second debate topic. Would you rather be a DC lobbyist who starts every conversation with, what do you do? Or a Clarendon bro who high fives everyone way too much? Ooh. Who should be the Clarendon bro, and who's the lobbyist? Sammy's the bro. All right, bro. I'm doing Clarendon. All right, Sarah, you go first then. <laughs> what? I went first last time. That's how we do it. Don't pretend like this is different. Yeah, first of all, lobbyists make tons of money. Um, and what do you do is a great question, because then I can basically find out if you can help my career or not. And... Um, I'm all about, I think that the what do you do question is uh, really great. It's the new, you know, what I have isn't contagious question. <laughs> God, Sarah's on fire tonight, guys. I don't know about that. What do you say? All right, you know what? I'm going to take, I'm literally going to go verbatim from what my partner just told me. <laughs> Bros bang a lot of chicks and they do a lot of drugs. <laughs> And let's be honest, a solid high-fiving skill is something that I actually judge people very hard on. Like, if you don't look at my, if you don't look at my elbow when you high-five, go fuck yourself. That's all I gotta say. All right, who wins round two? Sammy? Yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm not even doing the applause. I think we're, it's all tied up. You're done. Last question. All right. Okay. Thanks for that one, by the way. The drugs line really helped me out. Who's better to pick off a rebound? Angelina Jolie oh, or Brad Pitt? Who do you want to be Team Angelina and who should be Team Brad? I'm going to be Angelina? All right. And I'll be Brad Pitt. You go first. All right. Well, here, first off, if you're going to do a rebound, right, a rebound should be tragic, okay? A rebound is supposed to get you over what you just went through and help you get through. What's more tragic than a woman that sucks blood, than a woman that has crazy tattoos, than a woman that'll clearly cut your dick off in the middle of the night if you smoke weed in front of her kids? That is a rebound. All right, uh, I'm going to channel Brad Pitt here, and I'm going to be Brad Pitt. And the reason that I'm not as bad of a rebound is because I didn't beat my son on an airplane on a private jet, but I still have a private jet, so... Wait, are you fighting for Brad Pitt or against him, Sarah? <laughs> I'm the Brad Pitt is the better rebound, right? Okay, thank you. You just derailed me. Time. See what oh I did there, guys? Yes. You're such an asshole. Three off. Right, who wins? Okay. Congrats. You guys are going home with ARL Now t-shirts, courtesy of ARL Now. Both of you. One of the things I think is most interesting about who you are and a side of your story that I've always gravitated to is you've been sober for how many years? Uh, six and a half, yeah. Six and a half years, yeah. which I think is amazing! Yeah. Scott, and Scott, by the 
the way, if you're not following him, you need to on Facebook because every year you do this just really brave and vulnerable post about how sobriety changed your life and essentially how you wouldn't be all the success that you have if you were still drinking. For sure. How, before we talk more about that, I mean, how do you continue to work in a business that's all alcohol and drunk people all the time? People always say that, and it's so true that, you know, if, I guess if I was one of these people that had, like, the draw to still drink, it would be bad. Yeah. But the flip side to that is, you know, us being in the business all the time, you also see the negative effects of what alcohol does to people. And, yeah. you know, you see these people that come in, and they're, they're so composed and well put together, and, you know, like, an hour later, they can't walk or talk or use mm-hmm. a bathroom, and, you know, it's like... Okay, I remember why I don't want to do that anymore. You know? An hour later, they're walking to the park, taking a shit in the park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. ARL now has to yeah. report on it. Yeah. They found the shirt there with the shit stain. They're like, what happened? Yeah. What was your moment when you woke up uh, and my, you my knew? My moment was actually a, a block away from where A-Town um, is, uh, is now. Um, I, I was whacked out of my mind after a wine bus, uh, and there was a guy that a girl had brought there, and he had apparently just gotten off... Um, uh, you know, the, the plane straight from Australia. So what I learned the hard way was that Australian guys, you know, they're sort of like that, that outdoorsman type. Well, next thing I know, I was knocked out, um, you know, unconscious, oh, a bloody shit. mess. <laughs> so I woke up and you think like, oh man, you wake up a bloody mess. It's a, you know, you're a disaster. You know, you, what happens from there? From there, I went to actually, my, my first stop was Caribbean Breeze, which then became A-Town. The second to last place I ever had a drink. So I, I had a, I think I actually had a mojito there. So. Nice. Um, all yeah, right. Yeah. Good. You know, good. Walk into a bar all bloody, like, like you're like all mangled. Hi, I'll have a mojito. You know? Yeah. So, so, uh, so after that, um, so then I actually went to carpool. I had a couple of Long Islands and I knew the bartenders there. So they were still serving me. And then finally, one of the bartenders came up to me. He's like, look, um, I can't serve you anymore. I'm like, why the fuck not? You know, he said. Well, uh, you have blood all over your face and all your clothes and the whole thing. So mm. that was it. That was that was rock rock bottom. I went home. I passed out. That was like six o'clock. I woke up at three in the morning after more or less a full night's sleep, uh, but just more depressed than I have ever been, um, and so sad and just and just that was it. You know, it was, it's enough is enough. So. Oh my God, I love that. I love yeah. that. I feel Did you like just say so you loved his sad story, <laughs> Sarah? Yeah. yeah. I love it, your depression, it's so fantastic. No, but I think it's so amazing. And was it hard for you to share that public? Did you actually think, like, would this hurt my business? Would this, because, I mean, I think the difficult part of your job must be you're always on. I mean, to some extent, we understand what that's like. Like, people want you to be the party. Yeah, for sure. And and I still can do that. Um, Not, you know, not drinking and stuff, but... um, it, it was it was mostly all positive. I did have like a couple people. I, again, I don't even know. Sh- share the post and say like, you know, well, what do you think about this guy? He, this is the guy that owns Atown, one of the busiest bars in Arlington, and mm. he's saying don't drink and don't do that. But what I say to everybody is do whatever works for you. If, if you want to go to a bar tonight and do twenty shots, then do whatever you want, you know. But right. if, you, if you if you don't want to drink, don't drink anymore. So I, you know, what, what's what's been great about me for? Yeah, oh, I love it. I Thanks. love this. Thanks, yeah. Sarah Fraser, Sammy Kay, going for the number one spot. And all you 